0: You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Duma on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: Big Show, Hour 4. Continuing the talk, the sports talk here on this Wednesday. We go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline and do a little NFL chat uh, with Jordan DeJohnny, NFL writer from CBSSports.com. Jordan, how are we doing today on this Wednesday?
0: Hey, hey, my friends! What is going on? Really appreciate you having me on the show this morning.
1: Hey, no, thanks so much for for joining me. I lots happening as well as we get closer uh, to the NFL draft here in about twelve days' time. Uh, the first big sticking point right now is what the heck is going on with the Aaron Rodgers situation and going to the Jets yesterday. Mark Murphy stuck in his ways. There's not a lot of new info to bring you. The Packers are holding out for for what they want, and now David Bactiari saying that the Packers could. Pay him to just stay at home if they don't get what they want.
0: Yeah, it sounds like this situation is getting more and more dramatic just by the day. I, I mean, I will tell you that I do believe that this trade is going to come to fruition sooner rather than later. Uh, we saw Joe Douglas come out recently and yeah. say that Aaron Rodgers is going to be here. <laughs> he is going to be a Jet, right? And that's good to hear if you're a member of the Jets fan base. And, You know, it's been kind of interesting to debate which side really holds the leverage in this situation. I mean, truthfully, I think both teams kind of have an argument in a way, right? Mm -hmm. The Jets fan base would be beside themselves if things fell apart on this front, and the team has already begun preparations for the season with Rodgers as their quarterback in mind. But on the other hand, Rodgers doesn't want to play for the Packers anymore, and Green Bay owes him just shy of $60 million if he were to remain on roster. Plus, we have the NFL draft coming up, so the Packers would more likely than not want that extra ammunition in the draft. Mm-hmm. So you want that trade to come to fruition. It does sound dramatic, and Aaron, or excuse me, Adam Schefter of ESPN recently said something about how these two sides have not been negotiating as of late. I'm yeah. still stuck in my way ways. I believe that this trade is going to come to fruition at some point.
1: Yeah, it has to. You'd have to think it has to come down before the draft. As if Green Bay is holding out for, if it's the two seconds or if they still want a first, they definitely need some ammunition to go for their new quarterback in Jordan Love.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this as well. Yahoo Sports had a great report a few weeks ago saying that. The main sticking point is that the Jets want some protection in yes. case Rodgers doesn't play in 2024, right? The Jets want a 2025 pick in case Rodgers is a one and done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So we're not talking about first round picks anymore, according to this report. It's something like the Packers get a 2023 second, a conditional 2024 second rounder that could graduate to a first rounder depending on incentives. Um, And and then the the, the main sticking point is that the Jets want something in return, maybe a conditional second as well in case Aaron Rodgers decides to hang up the cleats for 2024.
1: So eventually we think he'll get to the Jets. Now, what does that do for their prospects in a a pretty tough division? That AFC East is, is loaded now. It's got Buffalo with Josh Allen, New England feeling like, yeah, it's Mac Jones, but I feel like if they could get something else at quarterback, they could be back in the contention here sooner rather than later. And then Miami's kind of an unknown. There's a lot of talent there. It's all around Tua. What do you think the Jets with Aaron Rodgers are in this division? Are they the favorite? Are they a wild card team?
0: Well, you're asking the right guy, because this subject has been the source of plenty of infighting among my colleagues at <laughs> CBS Sports. I truly do believe that the Jets could be the favorite in the AFC East. That's okay. think it- on paper, according to sports books, it will be the Buffalo Bills for good reason. But I think you can make the argument that the Jets could be the best team. Listen, I watched this team last year. I think they statistically have a top-five defense. Oh, yeah. I think they have a great, talented wide-receiving core. I think they have one of the most underrated running back rooms in the entire yep. NFL. All that they were missing was the quarterback position, the most important position in football. They were completely sandbagged by the play of Zach Wilson. Now insert Aaron Rodgers, multi-time NFL MVP, into the mix. The Jets could be a legitimate contender. That's exactly what I believe. This team has been trending in the right direction for a couple of years now with Robert Sala. Let's not forget that they, had, they have the reigning uh, rookies of the year on both mm-hmm. the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. The Jets are moving in the right direction. If they get consistent, dare I say, elite play at the quarterback position, this team could be the best in, the, in a very loaded division, as you said.
1: Yeah, and it's a tough conference overall. Well, where would the like the Jets settle down in the conference? Obviously just outside the division. You go to Kansas City, you go to Cincinnati. This is a loaded conference.
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I actually did a piece uh, a couple of weeks ago looking at or trying to power rank the AFC after the first wave of free agency. And I'm trying to remember where I placed the Jets, but it was ridiculously high. And it was something that Buffalo fans were very upset with me for. I think it might have been number three overall, right? The Kansas City Chiefs are going to be the number one. I think I I put the Cincinnati Bengals at number two, especially with the addition of Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle. You could make an argument, in my opinion, that the Jets could be the third best team in the AFC. As I said, I think that – the, the addition of Aaron Rodgers
1: really skyrockets this team into contention. Yeah, it's 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 an absolute loaded conference, and it's it's kind of kind of sad watching what's happened on in the NFC. Uh, like, what we'll shift over to maybe to the NFC North with with Rodgers eventually on his way out. Green Bay no longer has the best quarterback in the division. Is it taboo or maybe hot takey to say that the Detroit Lions could be the favorite heading into the 2023 season with the NFC North title?
0: It's not hot takeish at all. Caesar Sportsbook just released their odds for division winners in 2023 a couple of weeks ago, and lo and behold, it's Dan Campbell and the, the Detroit Lions <laughs> sitting up oh, at number one overall. They are the favorites to win the division, believe it or not. Now, I, I, at some point, I do kind of think that is a little bit hot takey. I mean. The Minnesota Vikings, what they were able to accomplish under first-year head coach Kevin Mm -hmm. O'Connell was impressive. Now, it's true that they need to beef up the defensive side of the ball. I get that, and I think they've started working on that in free agency. It remains to be seen what they do in the draft. But I may place a a wager on the Minnesota Vikings to win the division, go back-to-back at plus money.
1: Yeah, I feel like we'll start with that Minnesota thing here. Like I there's been rumors with with what's going on with Kirk Cousins is if he might not be the guy down the line here that Minnesota could be drafting his replacement this year. Now, there's obviously talk with the Niners possibly being involved in a possible trade for Kirk Cousins. Do they feel like they're are they are they comfortable with Sam Darnold heading into this year as Brock Purdy and Trey Lance get healthy or is it like we should probably go out get a little bit bigger name with this roster?
0: Yeah, I will say that I saw that report connecting Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense considering who their head coach is and how they have history together, mm-hmm. uh, working together in Washington years ago. But I, I, I might be wrong on this, but I thought Kirk Cousins might have restructured his contract fairly recently.
2: Okay.
0: Take him out of the running for a trade. That was something that was reported, though. I, I don't think it's very likely that comes to fruition now. But, yeah, I think Sam Darnold being added to San Francisco was one of the more interesting decisions of the NFL offseason. And this is a guy who actually kind of sparked Carolina a little bit yeah. with his in 2022, had the Panthers in contention to potentially win the division, stealing it away from Tom Brady. Now, that, of course, did not happen. But the 49ers are going to be a team to keep an eye on because uh, we're, going to be, we're going to have to keep an eye on if Brock Purdy and how his, how his recovery goes with that elbow injury. We're going to have to see with Trey Lance as well I think I'm leaning more towards one of those two starting Mm -hmm. the season when it comes to the season opener over Sam Darnold. But it's interesting because John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are both big fans of Sam Darnold, and they've already put out there to reporters that he is going to have a chance to battle for the starting spot. So if something goes awry in recovery with these top two quarterbacks, We could see Sam Darnold out there, but I think more likely than not, it's going to be either Lance or Purdy. That's where the real debate lies.
1: But it also feels like with with San Francisco, it it almost, with the way the system is, the way they they structure that offense, it's just like, they don't need the elite quarterback. They could put a guy in there. We saw what Brock Purdy did. The guy was great. He worked in well, and they probably could beat the Eagles had he not got hurt in that NFC Championship. Is it just feel like, we just need a guy that fits the system here? And with Sam Darnold, he's got some athleticism as well. That couldn't might that might work for Sam Darnold and the Niners.
0: No, there's no doubt about it. I think you and I could probably go to the system <laughs> as well. I think uh, Shane Hay could make anybody. Oh, look probably. Bad. So yeah, it, if if it if it came down to Sam Darnold, I think the Forty ers would be absolutely fine.
1: Um, a little a trade yesterday that kind of caught me off guard, but it, you know when you break it down, it kind of makes uh, uh, makes some sense. Jeff Okuda, uh, only a, a third overall pick, only three years ago by the Detroit Lions, being traded to the Atlanta Falcons. He hasn't been healthy, but he came on a little bit at the end of last year. I like the what Atlanta's done this offseason, Uh getting in Tyler, Taylor Heineke as a quarterback, adding to this team. I, I think Atlanta it might be closer to uh, getting back to where they want to be. Sooner rather than later, especially if they can hit this draft out of the, out of the park.
0: Yeah, I got to tell you, I really do like Arthur Smith. Yeah. he think like, needs a couple of years to really kind of establish the culture he wants. And obviously the Falcons have not done a lot of winning when it comes to football games. The Marcus Mariota signing was a swing and a miss. I, I, I'll never understand why Arthur Smith went back to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who, when he got benched in Tennessee, that's the reason Arthur Smith got hired as a head coach, was because of Ryan Tannehill yeah. and the decision to bench Mariota. But moving on past that, I do like what the Falcons have done. I mean, you look at the defensive side of the ball, that's where they needed to strike. Jesse Bates in the secondary, the veteran Colias Campbell on the defensive mm-hmm. line. They got another defensive tackle from the Saints. They got a couple of Lions quarterbacks now in Mike Hughes and Jeff Okuda. Okuda is definitely a flyer, right? There's no doubt about it. He's been very inconsistent. He's dealt with injuries through his first three NFL seasons, but at the same time, I like this flyer. If you ask me, The cornerback position is a premier position in the NFL. To Mm -hmm. have guys that can play man to man coverage, bump and run, be versatile in the secondary is what leads to Super Bowls. Just check out what the Philadelphia Eagles did last year. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Okuda is going to beat Darius Slade, but I do really like this flyer. So Atlanta is definitely a team to keep an eye on, especially when you consider that the NFC South is absolutely wide open with the loss of Tom Brady.
1: Yeah, that that a- NFC South will be s- very, very, very interesting because I with New Orleans, like they're a team that I think a lot of people like going in to this year. But then, like you get Michael Thomas back healthy, and yeah, like it, New Orleans feels like the favorite. But I don't know, man. I like I, Carolina could be right back into this thing if they hit that first overall pick right. Carolina was a pretty good team last year at the end as well, despite uh, where they they ended up in the, at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, the Panthers are definitely the team to watch. I mean, it, it all matters on what they do at number one yep. overall, but you go back to last year, that defense was very stout, very impressive, and this this offense also knew how to run the ball, and you add Miles Sanders to that, yep. nick, that's a very enticing add. I think Frank Reich could go down as the best hire of this coaching mm-hmm. for himself, so it'll be interesting to see. But you look at the New Orleans Saints, I mean, Derek Carr's a veteran who's going to be great for nine weeks a year when he gets <laughs> to play inside a dome, right? Yeah. When he steps outside, then things kind of change, but the Saints, obviously, are built right. They're going to have a chance to be the favorites in this division. You know, it might be between those two teams with the Falcons lurking closely behind.
1: Uh, Odell Beckham finally has a destination. It's the Baltimore Ravens. Is this just a case of maybe taking the most money that was offered that nobody else was going to give him? It's an $18 million deal, $15 million of it guaranteed. Or does Odell maybe have some assurance that he'll have Lamar Jackson this year as his quarterback?
0: It's definitely both. I can tell you, I'm not reporting anything, I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to hypothesize that there was no other team out there offering Odell Beckham Jr. a contract up to $18 million (laughs) for just one season. That's insane. But Odell Beckham Jr. is a star. We'll see if he can kind of maintain that same production coming off of his second ACL tear now that he's 30 years old. But I also think that he was operating under the assumption that Lamar Jackson will be back in the fold. NFL media reported that Lamar recruited OBJ to Baltimore Mm. with the understanding that he would probably be the quarterback, right? Now, this is an addition. This is a transaction. This is a move that doesn't guarantee Lamar will be back in the fold, but it's something that certainly helps, in my opinion. There's still a lot with this situation that needs to be discovered, a lot of questions that need to be answered. But if you were asking me my opinion, OBJ or not, if Lamar Jackson was going to be the Ravens quarterback in 2023, I'm leaning towards yes. This is a franchise that wants Lamar in the fold mm-hmm. more than any other team, right? We, we talk about the comments that some of these general managers and head coaches for other quarterback media teams have made on the subject of Lamar Jackson. Check out those comments compared to what the Ravens are saying about their mm-hmm. quarterback. Yeah. They want to keep this guy in the fold. I don't know if he's going to play under a long-term extension in 2023 or if he's going to end up signing the tag, but I'm still believing that Lamar's going to remain in Baltimore.
1: Do you have a sense or maybe even an opinion on why the league shows the disrespect to a guy like Lamar Jackson?
0: Yes. Yes. And I don't, I, and to be honest with you, I think disrespect is probably a a too strong of a descriptor. I I mean, it's, what Lamar Jackson is reportedly asking for is something that no one really wants to pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Deshaun Watson contract with Cleveland is a complete outlier. Yeah. I don't know when we're going to reach that status again. I don't know why the Browns made that decision. I don't know if it's going to work out for them. I mean, it is a fully guaranteed North of $200 million deal is absolutely ridiculous. Even if you're paying it for a short sure thing, it's really going to hamstring you when it comes to team building. Yeah. And it's the guaranteed part that hurts that, right? Giving a player a $450 million contract is fine as long as all that's not guaranteed. That's what's really scary. So, yes, I understand why teams are in the running for it. I I mean, if I was a general manager and, you know, I'm based in Nashville, Tennessee, I'm not upset that the Tennessee Titans are chasing Lamar Jackson. That is a lot of cash, a lot of guaranteed cash to be spending. Now, at the same time, would I approach his agent? or He doesn't have an agent. Would I approach (laughs) Lamar? To discuss and negotiate, yes, I absolutely would. But as soon as he tells me he wants $250 million guaranteed, yeah. I would shake his hand and say, it was a pleasure talking to you. No. So, yes, I understand why yeah. there's uh, teams that are not exactly you know, striking gold when it comes to Lamar Jackson. I don't think it's necessarily disrespect.
1: Yeah, it, it is fair. It just feels like, like like with the teams, they 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 look at guys on their rookie deals now, and they're like, "Hey, like look at Philadelphia. We got Jalen Hurts on a rookie deal. We can build around him and get a contender soon." Same with Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. Eventually, you're gonna have to pay these guys and make some sacrifices. But I totally get where you're coming from on on that uh, on that on that side of the thing with uh, Lamar Jackson. We're talking with Jordan DeJohnny, NFL writer from CBS The draft uh, just it's coming up here. Bryce Young had uh, had his interview, his top 30 interview with Carolina yesterday. He supposedly blew the house away. Everybody loved him. Is he now the guy you think over C.J. Stroud?
0: According to sportsbooks, he, he is, right? All the sportsbooks now have him as the number one favorite to go to top overall. That's, that's at every single sportsbook right now. But to be honest with you, I have no idea. I really have no idea. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of the two. I think I'm leaning more towards C.J. Stroud, though, because he is – probably the most polished quarterback coming out, right? Day one ready. There's some questions about Bryce Young's frame, which, of course, people have probably talked about ad nauseum at this point. Mm -hmm. I think that the Panthers made the trade up the board without a specific quarterback in mind. I think those reports are true. But at the same time, we're sitting here Wednesday, April 12th. I think they have in mind who they are going to take with that number one overall pick. I'm not sure who it is, but I'm still leaning towards C.J. Stroud at this point.
1: Uh, so many intriguing quarterback prospects at the top of the board. You got Anthony Richardson. He's a freak athlete. I'm excited to see him play at the next level. I was uh, at Florida. He was amazing. And then there's uh, Will Levis. You know, there's maybe some questionable life choices, the eating the bananas with the peel still on, the mayo in the coffee. But now people are are mad at him for looking swole, looking buff that it could affect him. What are your takes on, on Richardson and, and Will Levis?
0: Wow, I mean, we could spend two hours on these two prospects. (laughs) I will say that some of the criticism that Will Levis has received is probably uh, unwarranted, I guess I'll put it that way. But at the same time, this is a prospect I can't put my thumb on. I have no idea what Will Levis is going to be at the next level. And this is a guy that I've watched for several years now. He has not been consistent in his production, but there's no debate that he possesses a true NFL arm, right? He absolutely possesses what you need to be a special quarterback in the arm department. Now, someone I want to compare him to is not a favorable comparison, but Zach Wilson kind of had the same special arm coming out Mm -hmm. um, of BYU. Now, he was lacking in a lot of other departments that you need to be successful when it comes to the next level, right? Footwork, ability under pressure, going through progression, buying into a system, Those are things that Zach Wilson is struggling with. If Will Levis could accomplish those things at an NFL level and possess that arm, it's very possible he's going to be a very successful NFL quarterback. But, again, that's kind of a big ask. So I really do not know what to think of Will Levis. He is maybe a top three quarterback prospect at most in this class. Now, when it comes to Anthony Richardson, huge ceiling, right? There's no doubt about that. He could be Cam Newton for all we know. But I think we all have to admit – if he was not Cam Newton in Florida, right? 24 career passing touchdowns would be the fewest by a first-round pick hmm. since Michael Vick back in 2001. I think his completion percentage would be the lowest for a first-round pick since Jake Locker of the Tennessee Titans Oof. back in, I don't know what that was, 2010 11, or something. I don't remember. Yeah, 2011-12. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's no sure thing that Richardson is going to develop into the kind of quarterback people think he's going to be which makes it a gamble, in my opinion. Now, with all that being said, I still think he's going to be a top-five pick on that Thursday in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, it's, just, it's hard to argue with the intangibles and what uh, what he can do. And I think it's just the way the offenses are progressing. Like, guys, they see what, what the guys can do as, a, as the athlete. They can move the ball. They look at Kyler Murray. They look at, you know, Pat Mahomes. They want those guys that can move in the pocket.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, that's a great point as well. But the other thing that I look at when it comes to breaking down some of these quarterbacks – can they do the simple stuff you know, with their eyes closed? Can they complete swing passes accurately? Can they complete open slants? If you can't do that consistently, I'm going to have some worries about you. Now, a lot of NFL coaches believe that all that can be refined and that they, they can get a prospect where he needs to be when it comes to making the simple stuff. But if you're not consistent, that could be a quality that carries over throughout mm-hmm. your development at the next level, especially when you may, may be lacking in a couple of other different departments, much like I was talking about with Zach Wilson. That's why Anthony Richardson scares me a little bit, because there's plenty of highlight plays out on his highlight reel from Florida, but there's also some, there's also some lowlights, right? Mm -hmm. I, I go back to the Florida state game. I think he failed to complete a pass for over a quarter in the second half there. I mean, there, there are, there's definitely work to be done with Anthony Richardson. And in my opinion, I think it might be very important where he goes. I think, his best potential landing spot would be with a team that already has a starting quarterback in place that he can learn under. So it's not going to be the Indianapolis Colts. It's not going to be the Carolina Panthers. Him landing with a team like the Seattle Seahawks, Mm -hmm. Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, those would be the ideal landing spots in my mind if we truly want to see greatness from Anthony Richardson down the road.
1: Uh, this player might be the best player in the draft, but he certainly comes with some baggage. That's a uh, defensive tackle out of Georgia, Georgia Jalen Carter. Uh, obviously, if you don't know his story, uh, pled no contest to the two misdemeanor charges, reckless driving and and racing that resulted in the deaths of one of his teammates, Devin Willick, and a staffer. Uh, his agents said they weren't going to take interviews with teams outside the top 10. Uh, Now, we don't expect him to fall out of the top 10. He's meeting with the Raiders today who also said they weren't going to interview him because of their history with players' involvement with uh, with vehicular issues and whatnot. But is something like that, like not wanting to take an interview with a team outside the top 10, like a contender, potentially hurt a player like Jalen Carter, potentially even in free agency down the road?
0: I think it's an agent uh, doing what an agent does in terms of not taking interviews from teams outside the top ten. I think that's exactly what I would do if I was the agent in those shoes. But, man, Jalen Carter is going to be one of the biggest storylines in the first round because no one knows where he's going to fall. In my opinion, yes, I do think he falls a little bit. If he didn't have these off-field issues, then I think he'd definitely be a top five, top six pick. He may fall further than that right now. And in my opinion, I think it possibly falls outside the top 10. Wow. There are things about this situation. I feel like we just don't know. Yeah. Like uh, I saw a quote from Dan Campbell, the lion's head coach, uh, just what a couple of weeks ago. He said something about talking to one of the Georgia teammates the other day, and he was told some things we didn't know mm-hmm. uh, that nobody probably would have known. And he's had some weird cryptic comments about Jalen Carter, so that leads me to believe that maybe there's some things going on behind the scenes that would lead to a fall that was more dramatic than anticipated. So I did a mock draft uh, what, maybe a week ago, and I think I have him falling number 12 overall to the Houston Texans. So that's going to be one of the biggest storylines. I do think that what unfortunately happened, that tragedy that occurred off the field at yeah. Georgia, is going to affect his draft stock. There's no doubt about that. But now we're all left wondering how much is it going to affect that drop?
1: Jordan, thank you so much uh, for taking some time out of your morning uh, and talking some NFL with me. The, the season never stops uh, with the National Football League. Absolutely.
0: Anyone who told you there's an NFL offseason lied to you. They I are a liar. To have me
1: on. Oh, no problem, Jordan. <laughs> thank you so much. Enjoy your day. There you go. This is Jordan Dijani, NFL writer from CBSSports.com. Yes, the NFL draft uh, it's coming April 27th, 28th, and 29th from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, it's always a spectacle that the NFL puts on, and uh, really the full kickoff to uh, the 2023 NFL season. We're still waiting on the Aaron Rodgers deal. Uh, what's going to go on there? And, like, could Green Bay seriously let this guy sit and not and just pay him to sit at home? Like, I could, you know what? Like, Green Bay could be that petty, but also I understand where they're coming from. You know, it's it's a player that they don't want, and he doesn't want to be there, and they should hold out for as much compensation as they can. Uh, but they need to get it done before the draft because they need to get picks and players for their new quarterback and Jordan Love. And, of course, Jordan DeJani joined us down the Atlas Pizza Sports Bar guest hotline uh, using that same secret recipe since 1975, Dining in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast, takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Around the corner, we're going to replay our conversation with Eric Francis from earlier, had some really good tidbits on uh, the future of this Calgary Flames organization. As they get set to play their season finale tonight, Game 82 down at the Dome against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Dustin Wolf will be making his NHL debut. Matthew Coronado will be making his NHL debut. We'll have some lines and combinations coming up around 10.30. Watch uh, Twitter. Pat Steimer will be all over that. But Around the corner, Eric Francis uh, with George and Maddie as Big Show continues here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.